today I want to talk about holiness. Um, Hebrews, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 23 says that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he says put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So there's something called true holiness. If there is true holiness, <laughs> that means there must be a false holiness. And um, I want us to get down to the terms really because in the last video we were basically talking about the fact that righteousness is a gift, it's who you are. But holiness, and I'm about to demystify a lot of things that maybe you may have been taught or you may have thought, like I did for a long time. I thought holiness is something that you work for. Holiness is something that, uh, you know, there was a time I even, I've prayed for 40, I've fasted for 40 days before without food. And um, it didn't make me holy. I got many benefits, but it didn't make me holy. And I want to explain what I mean. Um, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Follow peace with, with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And in First Peter chapter 1, I believe it's verse 15, says, Be holy, for I am holy. God is holy. So the question is, can we, as, because holiness basically is the idea of sinless perfection, can we attain sinless perfection today in this world, in this life? Can, we, can any Christian out there say surely the day they die or if Jesus comes because he could come at any moment, at any time, he's, 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 you know, he's returning back as a soon coming king. When he returns, will he take us only if we have, you know, you have confessed all your sins a hundred percent, you have not said anything wrong, thought any wrong thought, done anything wrong. <laughs> and that's a question, those are things we really need to meditate on. And it's important we understand what the, the word holy means. In the Old Testament, the word holy means is, is, a, is a Hebrew word, kadosh. It literally means to be set apart. Holiness is not basically being, you know, like this perfection. It means that you're set apart. So when you say that God is holy, it means that he is set apart. He is on another realm. You cannot come near him. He, I mean, in fact, the word perfect does even contain him. If you understand what I'm saying. The word perfect can't contain him because he is holy. Perfect, you cannot use the word perfect to describe holy because it's beyond that. Right? So God is set apart as holy. In the New Testament, the word holy comes from the Greek word hagios. Now, hagios, again, what does it mean to be set apart? It's the same word. The Hebrew is kadosh, the Greek is hagios. Again, it means to be set apart. So as a born-again Christian, I think many, many of you may have agreed with me, and I hope all of you have agreed with me, that righteousness is a gift. It's something that we already are in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I am born again. I've been saved alone by grace, alone through faith. Uh, when I got saved, the Bible says, if you confess with your heart the Lord Jesus, if you confess, if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That means that you are righteous. You are declared to be just. Now, seeing I already agree on that, I think there may be some, and I did this for a long time, who may think, okay, fine, I agree, but righteousness is a gift. But holiness is something that I am growing towards. And how do I grow towards it? It's something that I will work for. And again, I want to demystify that. No, holiness is a free gift. Some of you are like, what? What do you mean holiness is a free gift? The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. That means I have to do something. I want to show you from scripture, and I, and I will go slowly. 
Let's begin in 1 Corinthians. And most of you who read your Bibles will agree with me that the church of Corinth was one of the most challenging churches that we've read about in the scriptures. They had many issues. But look at how Paul begins. He says, Paul, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to them who are sanctified. Now I want you to understand something. In the New Testament, that Greek word holy is hagios. It also, it's also translated as sanctified. Many times, in the, in the, especially if you're reading the New King James or in the King James, wherever you see the word sanctify, another word for it would be holy. Another word would be for it, wait for this, saint. Now let me ask you this. Are you a saint because of your works? I know there are some religions, or let's say there are some Christians who believe that you are a saint when some people sit down a committee and then at the end of your life they see the good things you do, then they declare you a saint. But I'm sorry to say that's not in the Bible. If you're born again, you are a saint. And look at this, Paul says, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to them who are sanctified, another which is hagios, basically holy, in Christ Jesus. So how am I sanctified? Because I'm in Christ Jesus. He says, called to be saints. So I am called a saint. I am holy. So the, Paul begins by telling, calling the church at Corinth, the, the saints at Corinth, wait, you are sanctified. You are holy. And that's why Paul tells them, you know, when, when they were having this gross sexual sin problem and pride and, and disunity, Paul was telling him, don't you know that your body is a temple of God? His spirit dwells in you. And then he says again in chapter, that is 1 Corinthians 3.16, and then verse 6, 6 verse 19, he says, What? Don't you know that your body is a temple of God, that his spirit dwells in you? And Paul basically is telling them, If you knew who you are, excuse me, if you understood your identity based on the finished work of Jesus Christ, you would not be sinning as you are. So the problem we have in church is an identity problem. It's not a sin problem. Now the problem is, the way we respond to sin is we focus on sin. You know, focus on calling ourselves sinners and calling others sinners. If we focus more on telling people, this is who you are. You remember the famous story of Mephibosheth in the book of Second Samuel. He was a beggar and a cripple. And the Bible says he was a really poor beggar. But guess what? He was a grandson of Saul. He was actually royalty. He was a son of Jonathan. And when David found out about him, he took him from the streets, from the garbage heap. And in one moment, he was sitting, eating the king's food for the rest of his life. In Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon says something. You see, I have seen something interesting under the sun. I've seen beggars ride on horses and princes begging. My friend, if you don't know your identity, who you are based on the finished work of Jesus Christ, you will struggle in this life, in everything that pertains to life and godliness, including righteousness and true holiness. You will try to become something that you already are. Look at what Paul calls the church at Corinth. Can you believe? Before he starts indicting them for their disunity problems, because of their sexual sin problems, he calls them saints, they are holy. So he says, if you knew who you are, you would not do what you're doing. So he tries to bring them back to a conscience of who they are. Peter does the same thing. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Peter says, but you are a royal priesthood. Which means you are king and priest. He says, you are a holy nation. Wait. He didn't say this person specifically. He said, if you are in the church, the body of Christ, which means you are born again, not church membership. But your name is in, written in the Lamb's book of life. You are a holy nation. Wow. You already are. 
if you already knew that, you would really reign in this life. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, let me read it again. He says in verse 9, Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or those you know, men who dress like women, put on makeup. I think maybe you see some of that today. He says, No homosexuals, no thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He says, and such were some of you. He says, some of you were this. Some of you were homosexuals. Some of you, you were effeminate. Some of you were drunkards. Some of you were liars. Who is not a liar? Who has never lied? So basically, it's all kinds of sin. He says, but you are washed. Not you are going to be washed. He says, you are washed. You are sanctified. That word again, sanctified means that you have been made holy. You are declared a saint before God. It says you are justified. Remember in the previous video I said anytime you see justified, it's righteousness. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I'm telling you, my friend, if you meditated on, on this verse, if every day instead of confessing your sin, oh man, I'm struggling with pornography. Oh man, I hate lying. Oh man, instead if every day you woke up and said, because I'm in Jesus Christ, I have been washed. Hallelujah. I've been sanctified which means I've been made holy. I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means I'm righteous and in, by the Spirit of our God. Can you imagine what it would do for you as a Christian? You would reign in life. You would find yourself walking. But where there is sin consciousness, that is where sin continues to grow. But where there is righteousness consciousness, that is where righteousness continues to grow and increase. So by the virtue that you are a Christian, you are already sanctified, you are already holy. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, he says, Now the God of peace sanctify you. Again, that word. That word sanctify means to be made holy, to be set apart. He says, And I pray God that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says this, Faithful is he who has called you, he who will also do it. So the work of sanctifying, who does it? Is it you, the Christian or God? Is it your praying and fasting or is it God who does it? It is God. Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his own good pleasure. What is his good pleasure? He says God has called us not to righteous, no, sorry, not to uncleanness, but unto holiness. So trust God to do it in you. Keep confessing what the word says about you. Let me show you another scripture. Hebrews chapter 2. I love this one. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Then it says, For it befitted him, of whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make their captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Talking about Jesus. It says, For both he who sanctifies, so who sanctifies? Jesus. For both he who sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. Notice it's in, the, it's in the complete tense. It's in the perfect tense. If you remember English grammar, you have past tense, present tense, and future tense. This is already complete. It says they who are sanctified, made holy. And if you look at it in the Greek, it's the word hagios, set apart. So who sanctifies? Jesus. And that verb, sanctify is in the is, is in the 
active form. So you see we have something called active form, then you have the middle or passive, and then you have, yeah, you have the active, passive, and middle. If it's in the active form, it means that the subject of the verb is doing the action. Let me give you an example. John kicked the ball, or John has kicked the ball. That is in the active voice. But if you say, John was thrown into the bush, it means that the action was done on him. That is in the passive voice. So notice in the active voice here, it is Jesus who has sanctified us. And in the passive, passive means you've not done anything. The action has been done to you. So it is, it says, notice, for both he who sanctifies and they who are sanctified, notice such a powerful verse, are all of one father. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. <laughs> this is so powerful. So Jesus is the one who has sanctified us. He is already sanctified. He is holy. And now he's the one who has made us. It's already in the complete tense. And therefore he's not ashamed to call me brethren. He's not ashamed to call me my brother. that? I don't want to continue. This is such a nice text. You can read it later. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 10 to 15. Let me show you another scripture verse. First, Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Let me read it to you. It says, By the which will we are sanctified. Again, notice it's in the completed, it's already completed in the past. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. When was that done, my friend? 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He rose on the grave uh, from the grave after three days. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we have been quickened. We have been made alive together with him. And now we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. So I'm already sanctified. I'm already made holy. Now, I'll, I'll, I'm going to explain this further. Just hold on for a moment before you you react angrily or, or, or maybe in a religious way. So he says, by the which will we have been sanctified through the offering. Notice, notice, not through prayer and fasting. And don't get me wrong. I pray and fast maybe more than most people who are watching this video. But when I pray and fast, it's not like I'm doing it. Oh, this is adding to my sanctification or holiness. No, I already am holy. This is the fruit of righteousness. This is God working in me both to will and to do for his own good pleasure. Therefore, I can't boast. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, he says, God forbid, but I should glory only in saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing I can boast about or glory is the cross of Calvary. It's an empty cross. Jesus is alive. He is raised from the dead. So because of what he offered his body, now I am sanctified. I've been made holy. Praise God. I love this. I wish I learned this when I got saved, but I didn't. But I'm, I'm glad that I know it now. And I said I must share this. I've been meditating on these things for over one year now. That's why I finally found enough scripture and theology. And practically I'm seeing it work in my life. I say, I said I, I'm not going to keep this to myself. I have to share it with people out there. So he says, then verse 14 he says, For by the one offering he has perfected forever. Look at that. That word perfect is the Greek word teleos, which means complete. It is finished. He has perfected. Look at that. For by the, what offering? Our tithe and offering. A, a lamb or a bull or a God that we shed its blood somewhere for our sins. No. It is the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross once and for all. So he says verse 14. Hebrews 10 14. For by one offering 
He has perfected forever those who are sanctified. So by the one offering that he did 2,000 years ago, he has made us complete. I am already complete in Christ Jesus. Whether you go saved 5 seconds ago or 30 years ago, there is no difference. You are already complete. Colossians 2.10 says that you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. That is Jesus. So by the one offering, notice he says, perfected forever. I like that. There is nothing you can add to your righteousness. There is nothing you can add to your holiness. You already are because you are in Christ. Believe it, my friend. Believe it. Hebrews chapter 3 tells us that the reason why the Israelites died in the wilderness was not because of idolatry. I know some of you may think it's because of idolatry. Not because of their sexual immorality. Not because of their grumbling or complaining. It says they could not enter in because of unbelief. This deal is too good to be true. That's what they said. They said, you're telling us you're going to conquer all those giants. No, no way. And the Bible says their carcasses fell into the desert. Not because their chief sin was unbelief. Some of you are saying this is too good to be true. I can't believe it. I have to work for it. I have to fast and pray until I'm righteous and holy. No, you already are. Just believe it. Just believe it. Jesus said, except you have the faith of a child, you cannot enter to the kingdom. Childlike faith believes. It does, it's just a child you tell them they just believe. Why? Because you are in Christ. Because you are born again. So he says, and, 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 and let me read it in the, can I read it in the Greek? In the, the way it is in the Greek? Because I'm reading a, a, a New King James Version. It says, for by the one offering he has perfected forever, they who are being sanctified. So sanctification is a progressive thing. So watch this. I am sanctified and I am being sanctified. I am holy and I am being made holy. Do you understand? That is why when the thief died on that cross, he never read any Bible. He never went to any Bible study. When the thief died, he believed and he was in paradise the next day. So that is why if I, get, if I die right now, God forbid, if I die right now or if we are raptured, in God's eyes I am righteous and unholy. But if I die 30 years from now or 50 years from now or 60 years from now, guess what? I will not have been at the same place. I would have grown in sanctification. But I'm not doing it. Jesus has already done it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So I am sanctified and I am being sanctified. So righteousness is something. Is not something that you grow into. Righteousness is something you already have. Holiness is something that you grow into. But it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on what Jesus has already done. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says that though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. So my friend, your holiness is dependent on you putting faith on the finished work of Jesus Christ. It would do you well to spend more time confessing what the word says about you. Say that he who, look, look at all these scriptures I've quoted. I don't have time to go through all of them. Read through them. They are powerful. They are such, I mean, they, they really bring you to a place of rest where you're like, relax, it's not on me. Now, does that mean again, and I've already made a clarification video, so I'm not going to do that again. I've already made a clarification that this is not a license for sin. Because if you truly understand that you are holy, you know, one day I kept saying, you know, when I began to understand this, I, be, I, I used to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus every day. Until I remember one day I woke up and I was like, wait a minute, I am actually righteous. So why do I want to sin? You know, 
If you understood that you were rich like Mephibosheth, if Mephibosheth knew that he was a prince, would he be begging? No. So if you conf- why is this, the devil lying to you that if you confess that you are holy, that you will become a sinner? It's a lie. I want to finish with this text. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. Look at what it says. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, let me begin from verse 26, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the, confound the wise, including the religious people. That's why the, the, the older brother could not understand. How can you kill the fatted calf of this sinner? The Pharisees. Notice it was only always the Pharisees and the religious people who were complaining when Jesus would accept sinners. Because they are thinking, no, they have not paid the price like me. They have not been tithing. In fact, the Bible tells us that Pharisees would fast two times in a week. They gave tithes of everything. You, you tithe your net pay. Pharisees used to tithe. If it's this jacket, they would tithe 10% of this, 10% of this shirt, 10% of, of everything. And they would pray loud prayers. So for you to tell them that this person is righteous or holy just because of what Jesus did, you're basically saying everything I've done. And for you to enter into this revelation of this understanding, you have to relinquish your ability to boast in your spiritual life. I had to do that. Everywhere I've ever been, every church I've ever been to, every place, I've always been one of the most prayerful people, one of the most knowledgeable in the world. I paid the price. And I still am more prayerful and more knowledgeable in the world in most places I go to where I am. But guess what? My righteousness and holiness has nothing to do with any of that. I relinquished my ability to boast. I only boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Galatians 6.14 I only boast in the finished work. Galatians 2.19 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ is the one who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, a faith which cannot be, which cannot be, which cannot fail. He says, who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. How do you frustrate the grace of God? By going back to the works of the law. He says, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 verse, verse 3, whosoever you are that has gone back to the law, you are fallen from grace. You fall from grace the moment you say, you know what? I know Jesus died on the cross for my sin, but I think I need to add some more prayer, some more fasting, some Bible reading. No, put faith on what he has done. Then you know what will happen. When you do that, his righteousness will, you'll have a righteousness conscience and you'll find yourself just walking out his light, his holiness. It will flow out of you. It won't be something that you're striving and trying to do. Paul says when God called him, this was the ministry he gave him. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 26, when he was testifying before King Agrippa. I had not planned to say this verse, but the Holy Spirit quickened it to my mind, to my spirit. Acts chapter 26, verse 18, this is what God told the Apostle Paul to preach. He said to him, this is the original gospel. Open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. Look at that. They are sanctified. They have been made holy by the faith that is in Jesus. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20 Who loved me and gave himself for me. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 
We ca- these things are all over the Bible. I'm not making this up. Philippians chapter 3 verse 80 says, um, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, including my fasting, my ability to, f- to boast in my fasting, in my praying, my Bible reading, in my tithing, in helping the poor. Don't get me wrong, I do all these things. And maybe even more than many people who are watching this video. But I don't boast in them. I boast only in what Jesus did for me. He says, and I am found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which, of, which is of God, on the basis of faith, on the basis of Jesus' perfect work for me. So let's go back and finish with 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He says, But of him are you, who? Of Jesus. Of, but of he are ye in... Let me read it properly. It says, And of him are you in Christ Jesus. In what? In Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus, he is my wisdom. Jesus, he is my righteousness. I'm justified by him. Jesus, he is my sanctification. I've been made holy by his perfect sacrifice on the cross once and for all 2,000 years ago. It was finished. Jesus, redemption. I am blood-bought. I've been redeemed. I am delivered from all manner of sin. All manner of iniquity, all manner of unrighteousness, and every curse that comes from sin. Praise God. This is not a special class for special kinds of Christians. It's for everybody who has been born again. God bless you. Thank you for watching this video. My friend, if you're not born again, this is a great opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The truth of the matter is that life is short. Whether you live 10 years or 100 years, compared to eternity, you, I mean, life is still short. And my friend, God, the Bible says that God did not create hell for man. He created it for the devil and his angels. But the truth of the matter is as the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God being a just God, which makes him holy. If he's not just, he cannot be holy. Has to punish sin. But look at this. He loved you so much. He loved me so much. He loved the whole world. That 2,000 years ago, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of the tribe of Judah, who died on the cross. He rose on the grave after three days. And through his shed blood, anybody can be saved. And right now, I know you're hearing me. And, you, and, and maybe you're not born again. If you're not born again, if you're not sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'd like you to pray with me right now. Repeat this prayer after me. Why, why are you repeating a prayer? Because Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then he says, whosoever believes in him, shall not be put to shame. And then he says also that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So right now say, Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. I thank you for dying on the cross 2,000 years ago for my sins. I repent of all my sins and all the, my wicked ways. I look to you, Jesus. And I thank you that your blood washes me white as snow right now. 
I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I thank you that you have sealed me right now, permanently marked me with the Holy Spirit of promise, who will keep me until the day of my death or when you t- return to take your church from this world. I thank you, Father. I believe, I, I believe right now that I'm born again, that I'm saved. I believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I am saved. Praise God, my friend. Now that you've prayed that prayer, now that you've received those, recited those words with me, you are born again. It's by grace alone, through faith. It is not of your works. It's not what you can do or what you have done or what you will do. You have been saved because you've put faith on what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. I'll encourage you to read the, get a Bible, download it on your phone, or if you can get a physical Bible, maybe you have one at home. I'll encourage you to start reading the Gospel of John. It has 21 chapters. If you read the Gospel of John, um, a chapter a day, you'd be done in three weeks. So start reading from the Gospel of John. Uh, if you have any inquiries, any, I, I have a discipleship book that I could send to you. I wrote a book for discipleship just in case you need any, uh, it will answer a lot of questions you have and a lot of challenges that Christians usually have. So uh, write to me, Patrick Mayo, to our f- social media pages on Facebook or our email addresses on our Facebook page. You can send me an inbox and I'll be glad to be of help to you. for the 